0: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey everybody, this is Spike Ferrisons
1: from Spike's Car Radio. We're out here in the porch of, uh, at the Malibu Kitchen at the Malibu Country Mart every weekend doing podcasts. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. We're going to have Jeremy Piven. We're going to have Chris Hardwick. See you soon on Spike Scar Radio. I
2: think he's over-projecting for a podcast.
1: <laughs> and I love to over-project for podcasts. Join me every week at PodcastOne.com and Apple Podcasts. <laughs>
2: Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on. Mandate, get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for uh, shooting us a tweet, man, over at uh, CarCast. Yeah, uh, Adam Corolla. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndre over there. I think. Some Hello. Guy sent us one today or something. Said he was wrenching on a German car. Well, listening yeah. to the CarCast. Love that. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, we're talking twenty-four hours of Le Mans. Uh, yeah.
3: We were kind of hopping in back and forth watching what we could.
2: Yeah. We were we were watching when we could. I I'll tell you, they found a way through the cameras in the cars and all the stuff and all the stories and everything to really keep 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 it going. Yeah. Um the Aston Martin won, right?
3: Yeah, in its kn- class.
2: In its class, of course. Yeah. I didn't know Aston Martin was a player. Like I, I know they, the the time I went to Lama Yeah. They won in a DB9. Really okay. cool that the Aston Martin racing green. Nothing better if you look at that, uh, like, I don't know, 05, 06, uh, something in there, 04, 05 uh, Aston Martin DB9.
3: They still run that color, I think,
2: but with yeah. the yellow around the grill. and Right. It's great look. And then in uh, the 20... In uh, ra- winning the racing life of Paul Newman, Doc, you see the guy died in an Aston Martin. Yes. That was a vantage. I think that was a V8 vantage for some reason, I think. Um, Patrick Dempsey was racing that year, right? right? We talked to him about it. Right. His team was there,
3: but he wasn't driving this year. He
2: Dempsey. was there,
3: yeah, with his team.
2: I did not know that. Uh, and so it seemed to me, uh, just as a casual observer, that uh, the, the defending champs were the Ford GTs. Uh, yeah. They seem to be the favorite. Again, I, I didn't go to Vegas and check, and I'm sure there's action on it on Vegas. Be interesting. Hey, uh, Max Pata, see what the Vegas odds were before the thing in the GT category. They definitely have to take action on this. They'll take action on anything. Why and, wouldn't you? <laughs> and the, the Ford GT, I, I would assume... So for me, I would assume... Ford GT would be the favorite, and then second might either be Ferrari or the Porsche 911 team, and then or Corvette team. That's pretty Cor- competitive. I know. Competitive. I, I right. I probably would. I probably would have said Ford GT, Ferrari 911, Corvette, Aston Martin. That's probably how I would have okay. laid it out. All right. So I before the race, <clears throat> I but to have Aston Martin then finish I think one and two in that class.
3: No, they didn't. There was one. So you missed the ending, but Corvette was in the lead. Yeah. No, yeah. And they got a flat tire. Yeah. And then that flat tire moved Aston Martin up to the lead and then the Ford GT into the number two spot. Mm -hmm. And the Corvette finished the race on a flat tire because they're like, why? Why pull over now? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it was Aston Martin, Ford GT, and, uh, and Corvette as one, two, three in that class, right. which was interesting to see. First of all, it was cool to see that there wasn't like a huge gap between first and second and third.
2: Like the flat no, tire I, I changed the, the whole place. With about three laps left, yeah, I think the Aston Martin was leading, but the Corvette caught up to him. Yeah, and I think he dove in on a right hander, and he got a little out of shape. Uh, I, I, the Assen Martin dove in, or some one of them dove on the other guy. But it was one of those things where I I, I learned it very early in my BMX bicycle racing days, which is when I did my first race the BMX you know starts up on the hill, they drop the gate, you go down the thing, yeah. you go around the berm, you go over the tabletop jump or whatever it is. I was probably in 7th out of 9 or maybe 8, <laughs> probably <laughs> one from the land. <laughs> yeah. And um as everybody was setting up for the big old high berm left-hand sweeper, everyone started to like stop pedaling and and drift out to the right. I was like, it was like the seas were parting. What are all these guys slowing down for? Yeah. And drifting off to the right. I'll just pedal my ass off and keep going straight. But uh, it didn't work out because once <laughs> I couldn't got, to, I just shot out the other end of the boat. Yeah. Like I couldn't make yeah. the turn. And, oh, you kind of like what you did in your Red Bull car. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. But that was and the coaster car. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't on purpose. No, that was bad information. But yeah. the point is, my point is, on that race, I think the uh, the vet went a little, went a, just sort of stayed the line. And whoever, the Aston Martin or vice versa, just said, I'm going in. But when they came out, they weren't in great
3: Yeah, and at one point, shape. they did uh, hit each other, but they hit, like, tire to tire. So there right. wasn't real damage. It was both Right. But it it was they were like speculating, axle to axle. is that how they flattened the, how they get I, the flat? I don't remember exactly how he got the flat, and I think... Uh, what happened was because uh, I missed some of the some of it because we were switching over to watch the the, the fight was um, uh, the Corvette still I think physically came in second but missed a couple turns like went through the rocks and didn't go through the you know didn't make the actual turn and and gets penalized like you know a second or something and that that puts the GT yeah out there. the guy
2: the guy drove through the chicane and things yeah like yeah, that. yeah
3: I think he, you know because he. Couldn't get traction when your front, like front left or whatever tire was out. It was a front wheel. Front I don't tire think was cow- I can <laughs> tell
2: you from being inside a race car, it, it's so loud and you're not always sure what's going on around you. And this guy got a leak in his tire Yeah, and he sure, he probably didn't know he had a leak in his tire. I may I just, not have known. Until and, he missed the turn, I'm well, sure. <laughs> and then when he went to break, it yeah. didn't work right. And he went, what, what the hell? And then he just went forward. That's that horrible feeling when you're in yeah. a car of not knowing what's going wrong, but something's clearly wrong. And, and
3: then just as experience eventually probably said, hey, I got a flat, or the guy's watching TV, are like, you've got a flat. Because you can hear the announcer's going, I think there's something wrong. Yeah, maybe
2: it's a flat. I would be curious... Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing the technology is such that there's somebody in that pit with a computer that knows the tire pressure. You think so? But every time the camera goes to the crew, they're all taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> they're
3: napping. <laughs> like maybe like a pager goes off and the yeah. tires go flat, so I'm kind of wait to wake them up. But that wasn't the only uh, category with the only class with some drama. You know, the Porsche won in LMP one, mm-hmm. right? Their prototype car won, but. Uh, That car had issues, and it was in the pit getting worked on for an hour. Yeah, And Toyota was set to dominate everything.
0: Right.
4: Right?
3: And uh, (laughs) Toyota comes in into a pit. The car is sitting there for a minute. I forgot the exact reason why. It was a yellow or something like that, and it gives them time to come in and, and pause for a second. And another driver walked over to the Toyota Okay, The driver was wearing his driving suit and a helmet, walked over to the Toyota car and gave him a thumbs up. Like, hey, Toyota's doing great. Congratulations. But that guy's driving suit was orange. So he thought he was a track official, mm-hmm. and he gave him the thumbs up to go. Mm-hmm. So he started going, and his team's like, what are you doing? You can't go. And then they stopped him, and this sort of start and stop isn't normal on those type of prototype cars with the conventional engine and the clutch and the hybrid system. And what it did was it, it ended up heating up the clutch too much without enough time for it to, to breathe, and it burnt out the clutch. So 10 hours into the race, his clutch seizes up, and normally you be like, okay, once there's a problem with the car, if you can get it into the pit, the team can work on it. But if the car just gets stranded, then you're out. You're right. done. And he, he was too far from the pit. So Toyota was dominating. Somebody gave him a weird thumbs up in the pit, which we, there's video of somewhere, and then burn up a clutch. And, and then that was it. And that guy was out. And so even though Porsche was working on their car for an hour during the race, they ended up getting the lead and it well, did great.
2: that's... Uh that's the nature of the 24-hour beast. Wasn't it Toyota that was heart Or was Porsche that was heartbroken? Was- who was heartbroken last year? Nissan. Oh, Nissan. That's right. Yeah, I'm pretty seen. sure Nissan, right. yeah. So, you know, I always think about this because it's like, it's sort of like every major air catastrophe starts as like, almost nothing, but it's just kind of chain of things that happen and ends up being a disaster, but it always starts off with like almost nothing and they need to make a rule, which is, and and, you know, they have these rules like in baseball, they, there's nothing out on the outfield wall that's white because the baseball's white and and if, uh, and, and the hitter might lose it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And even when I pitched and I played little league, I, I carried, I had a stupid green mitt. We called it the green weenie because it was probably just because it was cheap or something. I was left handed. It was like hard to find a mitt and they wouldn't let me. It, it had like, I think it had like white piping on it or something. They wouldn't let me pitch with it because you're not allowed to have a colored mitt when you pitch. There used to be a rule. Oh. Stupid. I don't know. It was distracting or something. Even like for kids. It's stupid. But the point is this. If the race officials are wearing orange, there shall be no orange jump fire yeah. suits. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah. it's a It's a pretty simple. Um, you know, somebody should have kind of figured that one out in advance, but yeah, they didn't, and now they did. The whole story is weird. How the guy
3: just like walked up to the window and a like, guy gave him a thumbs up and walked away, and the guy's like, "Oh, I guess it's time to go." Like, well, that's it's the whole thing. When the you're whole, but idea when you're in a car, that.
2: when you're in that environment, you're just like looking for anything. Trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you know? what I'm saying is, is
3: even the like the thought process of that other guy, the other team guy, like so. There's the car, and behind him, we're looking at this video. That's a real track official.
2: Now watch what happens. Right. So it's a real track official's yeah. wearing his orange. This guy runs up. Hey, thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs up. And and not only not only does he do thumbs up, but he's leaning. Uh, he's always it's, saying go. <laughs> it's just insane. Like who. It's great cuz he's leaning and he doesn't give a wave off or anything. He just No. He just tells him to go. And now now everyone's confused. But, but
3: where did this guy come from? I don't know who he is or what team he's on, but but I, like is he even near his own pit? How and the rest of his team's going, "Hey, where where Bobby go?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, he's
2: he's in the pit." I don't just know. Just
3: flagging the next guy down. Uh, uh, it, it, was, it was it's weird.
2: It's weird, and it's funny because he gave him the thumbs up, and he did the thumb turn. Yeah, like he went up and to the right. Like, hey, go ahead, get going. Yeah, you're good. Also, I can tell you when you're in the car. One of your greatest concerns is, like, holding somebody up or not knowing what's going on. Like, when yeah, you're like getting on the track or off supposed the track, to do. And if a guy holding a beer wearing flip-flops could, just like, wave you on the track and you go, oh, okay, oh, yeah, right, here made. we go, here we go. <laughs> like, you always think you're going the wrong place or, or yeah. holding somebody up or not doing the right thing or whatever.
3: And that's been a thing forever. Like in the 24 hour war, like all this controversy of, of pushing the car over the line, and like every time there's another rule. Another example is, is in this same race, LMP2, right? Hold this- on, tease it. Yep.
2: I'll tell you about uh, AMSOIL. That's right. Move beyond stock performance. AMS Oil, synthetic motor oil, combines top-tier synthetic technology with unique additives to protect up to 25,000 miles. 25,000 miles. Or one year in between oil changes. Shields engine from wear and deposits, wear on pistons and cams lead to a loss of power. Let's not Mm -hmm. have that. All right. 75% more engine protection against uh, horsepower loss and wear than uh, required by the industry standard. Piston cleanliness, 93% above the industry standard. Tested in the field and on the track in extreme conditions. Check it out. Go online. Go to uh, A-M-S-O-I-L, amsoil.com slash carcast for more info. You know we yep. love this stuff. Amsoil. <coughs> Devoted to protection. All right. Yeah. What is your. Uh, yeah. All right. So LMP2,
3: the other prototype class, the slightly slower class. The team was Jackie Chan DC Racing. Now, this is funny because DC Racing is David Chang. David Chang, who's like 27 or 28, when he was just starting racing, maybe seven years ago, he came here and he was a guest on CarCast. He was mm-hmm. racing in America. And uh, now he's running Lamar. Wow. And he was at an event and uh, met Jackie Chan, the actor, Jackie Chan. And uh, they talked about their love of Steve McQueen. And Jackie's like, we need a race team someday. And here they are like a year or two ago. They put a race team together. And the Jackie Chan DC racing team ends up getting first in their class. Wow. And second overall. Okay, with uh, David Chang was, what, they had a couple of cars. What type of vehicle
2: they It's one of these prototypes. I don't know. you
3: got to look it up. It's that name that we never, we were, o- yeah. Orica or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what it
2: was. Weird name, right. Yeah, it was a weird name. Right.
3: And then, so uh, the DC racing teams were, were in first and third in their class, and David was in the third place car. And again, as far as the wacky rules, at one point during the race, we saw one of the cars, it wouldn't start. So, mm-hmm. what they do is they pull the bodywork off and they knock the starter. They basically just hit it with like a hammer, and it kind of it kind of unseizes up the solenoid and gets the starter loose right well, the second place car that won and was on the podium after the fact like a day later, they found a hole in the bodywork and like what 's this hole in here?" And they said the starter was locked up. We drilled the hole in it, we shoved the rod in there, and we knocked the starter and, right. and Lama officials said. You can't do that. You've modified the bodywork. You're disqualified. So they're out. So David Cheng, <laughs> as a driver and team owner, now is second in his class and third overall, Lama. And the wow. other team, who is probably celebrating and happy, are out. You completely. know, all I, just I, little
2: the little rules. I gotta tell you, you shouldn't
3: celebrate any race win for like four days after the event. <laughs> Yeah. someone's going to knock
2: you off the podium. You know, the rules... It's like when you hear about the boxer who tests positive for marijuana, and they're like, I've got to strip him of his belt. You know, I just went yeah. 12 hard rounds, won the thing. And he did it high. And it's not performance <laughs> enhancing. Yeah. And my whole thing is... I, for everything. It's like, you know, four way stop sign in the middle of the desert. You know what I mean? There is the rule, and, and then there is the spirit of the rule. And it's like, you don't want anybody yeah. modifying the bodywork to get an advantage. And you don't want anyone taking performance enhancing drugs as an athlete to get an advantage. But pot, not an advantage. Yeah. It is altering, but it's not an advantage. Drilling a hole in. In the Kevlar or the, or the plastic or whatever they're, or they're pouring on there, uh, not an advantage. No. Altering, but not an advantage. Right. So
3: with the spirit of the rule, who cares? Yeah. The most it would have done was would, would probably uh, shave a couple seconds off of their pit time because they didn't remove the bodywork and knock the starter or whatever. And I'm sure there's more details onto the actual story of how
2: it all went down. How big a hole do you think they drilled?
3: I, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just,
2: just enough to get two, a rod? Two,
3: three inches, maybe. Well, not I even, know. you don't even need that yeah. if you're just putting a rod probably in the C, Probably the see, probably just like the look and shove a yeah. rod in there, you know. And maybe in the back where it's like, you know, or the side where it probably didn't make a difference. Probably caused more harm aerodynamically than, than it, unless they duct taped over
2: it or something. I would imagine they would have. It's 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 weird and I'm sure there's more details about it but What are those rules, are rules what's, I guess? What's the Vegas What do the Vegas odds have Max Pata? Oh, uh, it's actually really really hard to find a Um and thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Go ahead. But uh <laughs> The
1: yeah. uh I have Toyota um at uh they're the top 2 and then Porsche
2: yeah, we're looking in the G T class though.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, I couldn't and, find that. In, in that class that though, Toyota was have, the favorite. They it's, don't have a or they like they they just erase I, it off the internet or something. I just don't get event. why
3: why like I Porsche won in and LMP won and the overall winner and that's great for them. But every single article and everything came out was Porsche wins, Porsche wins, Porsche wins, Porsche wins. No love for the other classes at all.
2: How about Aston Martin won as well? That that seems like a really big victory. Also, that
3: kind of seemed like the class we're most interested in. And
2: they won in in an 8, a V8 Vantage, not in a 12. Yeah. Not in a 9. And I don't know that Aston has won it since their DB9. I mean, I don't know if they've ever won it in an 8. Yeah, I think they won it in a nine, and I don't recall them winning in eight. Again, I don't and follow it that them. closely. And also,
3: the other GT class, the one that's like one click down, I think Ferrari won that class. So how come there's not Ferrari wins? Ferrari wins? I, I don't
2: know. You I know, like I, I, I
3: have a little love for the other categories, by the way, the other classes.
2: Well, it would be <laughs> is the other the next GT class down? Is that just smaller fuel tank or something? I'm trying to think of what that. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't really know what that is. The thing that's kind of fun for me is the Corvette had like has like five hundred and fifty horsepower. I'm like, please, kids. I'm used to eight fifty. Yeah, man. I don't geez. know about you guys. Oh, speaking
3: of Trans Am, your buddy uh, Tommy.
2: Yeah, uh, Teresi.
3: Yes, he's out. He what? he got in an argument, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm not sure how it went down, but uh, his argument resulted in I'm I'm pretty sure he's suspended for the.
2: Season. He's a which, man of passion. Which uh, well, yes,
3: and this isn't the first time. Tommy is like the third.
2: <laughs> Tommy won. All right, so there's there's four races. There's yeah. Uh, th- all right, there's Willow Springs. Then there's Fontana. Then there's Portland. And then there's Coda. There's four races in the West Coast series. He also runs. Oh, sorry. The, the regular. That is that is the, correct. He won. And I took third in the first race. Second race, I didn't want to pay for, so I didn't do it in Fontana. And then the third, unfortunately, I think we're going to be in Detroit. Yeah. We got stories. We're, we'll do a podcast. We're going to be with the Fords and everything. So we got yeah. some really cool stuff. Chip Ganassi and guys like that. Yeah, that cool. So we got a lot of good stuff coming your way. I really would have liked to run Portland, like Portland. I've always heard was a great track. It's, yeah, it's yeah, kind of I like Portland. I like that part of the country. It's kind of striking distance from here. But maybe we'll set our sights on Austin uh, and Coda.
0: Well, I here's don't know.
2: the thing:
3: is this Tommy being out kind of changes the rules? And you know, of the six or seven or eight cars that were in the race, uh, you're still like fifth in the points. I'm in the running, man. (laughs) You're in the running. (laughs) So uh, if you have a really good showing at Kodai, you could... We should look into it. You could be like top four or so, uh, you know, (laughs) top three or four of the
2: points. It'll be one. (laughs) Well, remind me to look into it. Because I wouldn't mind, we've got to find some sponsorship. Yeah,
3: we got to find some money.
2: <laughs> All right. Those cars ain't cheap, man. It's about 50 grand a pop, right? Yeah,
3: well, Tommy's saving some money right now.
1: <laughs> physical art- altercation is what they're saying. Is that what they're physical saying? Physical altercation? Yeah. On yeah. the
3: track? That's what, um, yeah. That's no, no, no. Afterward, he got in an argument with somebody, and I think he might have just shoved Here, somebody.
1: This is their statement. After today's race, Tommy Dreesy got into an altercation with another team, which became physical. Tommy had been suspended from the series before I got here and some other issues. He asked if he could come back to the series and did mend fences with a lot of people. But it was pretty clear with him at the first event that even though he was not under probation, he was under a high level of observation. Basically, he was (laughs) under probation with me and needed to keep his nose clean. There was a situation at Road Atlanta with a corner worker that could have been a lot worse than it was and today, Tommy had a physical altercation. You can talk trash and smack to each other as much as you want, but as soon as Lay a hand on somebody else, that becomes a completely different issue. Due to his actions, he's been suspended for the event and for the remainder of the series.
0: I don't
3: think he was throwing punches, though. I think he just got a little heated and maybe just you know uh, snapped a finger and maybe shoved somebody. I don't think he was throwing punches. Whatever, whatever you want. We're living in a world now where you
2: just can't put your hands on anybody. I don't think
3: he Jeremy Jeremy Clarkson the guy. Like I don't think he (laughs) just like full on punched his (laughs) punched
2: somebody. Like I think it was a little little shove. Point is, it's, rules, it's, touched
1: it's, the point is, it's yeah. opened
2: up for me. to so get right. back in the series. I swear to God, you, I'm not kidding. You've got to no. run Tommy's car, though. It'll be like a Days of Thunder. Yeah. You've know, you got to run my car, Cole. But it's going to be confusing <laughs> because the people in the stands are going to be, is, is Tommy have AIDS? What's going on? Why is he going so slow? <laughs> Does
3: he have AIDS?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he seems sick. He's not he's barely yeah, moving. What's he doing? <laughs> he just got passed by a car in uh, Trans Am 3. <laughs> it's a stock Scirocco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Austin thirty, Oklahoma City.
4: Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah,
2: man. What's going on?
4: Uh I'm starting a power washing business and I have a Jeep Grand Cherokee two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Got the transmission rebuilt mm-hmm. and uh I'm gonna be hauling uh like twenty five hundred pounds of water. So my question is, I I, I don't have that you got So you, got, money, sorry, you so. got
2: the trailer with the tank on it. Right. Right.
4: Do I go for a used F-150 crappy pickup truck, or do I try to do this with my 200,000-mile Jeep Grand Cherokee?
2: I got to say, you know, like you have work clothes or painter's yeah. clothes or whatever, work truck, like with the guys who try to keep their stuff nice, but have to carry rebar in the back of it and stuff. It just it doesn't yeah. work. Like just you're, go you're towing
3: this thing all the time. This is your job.
2: It's your job, right? You're not going to want to unhook it. a
3: business. Yeah. So I, oh, okay. Yeah. This isn't like a one-time My, thing.
2: I, I I'm a firm believer in the Ford F one fifty used. I mean, Rob, my guy, I think for like ten, eleven grand, grand, got a really nice one. Yeah, he's like, going I mean, through
3: two of them or there's something. There's no
2: more. Well, he started with the Ram. Yeah. And the Ram, you know, like when stuff starts going wrong, like the steering box. Yeah. Like stuff like what? Control arms. Like why is the steering replaced? box like, going wrong? The steering box is never, uh, you know, hey, I got to replace the rotors or, yeah. or, or, the, or the shocks or something. But st- when, when bizarre stuff starts going wrong, that's a bad vehicle yeah And he, he into just the... did not have luck with that truck man, but that thing also is just... i i these ram guys i don't I don't <laughs> get it i I why even take the chance, man? Just get the Ford. yeah, I mean look, everyone makes a good new product now, but what I'm saying is is I would find myself a Ford f one fifty that was four years old with you know sixty one thousand miles on it and just go screw it, yeah, I'm.
3: I'm even uh, maybe pick up a diesel or something, yeah, to get the bigger truck if you
2: yeah, and're into that, dedicate it. Just yeah. leave it easy, and they're they're. In terms and then when the company does well, you can get rid of your Jeep and get something nice. Terms of bang for your buck, and they've literally have broke this down like per pound. It's like the best vehicle you can buy. And they sell
3: a lot, like a million a year. <laughs> just like there's plenty of used I trucks out there. I had my dually
2: pull up in my driveway today. It's like I bought that thing for like twenty six grand or yeah. something four or five years ago. It's still fine, you know. Yeah. It's like it's just a big old truck used for everything. It's no, I mean, for the price of a new Mini Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like why? I I I don't get it. I would just go, yeah, diesel if you can. Go a couple years old. Get that Ford. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't go. I the guys who get the uh, the guys that get their King Ranch and stuff. Like I don't like. I was talking to Rob and he's like, uh, "My dad bought a Ford King Ranch Eldorado Seven. It's got the wood paneling and the bed and stuff and everything. <laughs> it's the black version or something." And I was like, "How much? Eighty seven cash." eighty uh, seven thousand dollars? Eighty seven cash. It's always weird too when guys that you know don't make a ton of money. Like, yeah. you know, his dad does okay. He probably makes a hundred grand a year or something, but he's saying, I wouldn't pay eighty seven cash <laughs> for a Ford truck. Right. And he's like, eighty seven cash and I'm like, eighty seven cash? Yeah. Cash. Cash? <laughs> cash. He paid eighty seven cash? Cash. Well, he traded in his Ram, and they gave him 51 on that. <laughs> okay, Wait, Rob. And it was paid for? The 27th time, I say 87 cash. That <laughs> is your window to now step in and go, well, no, he traded in his big dooley, whatever, yeah. and they gave him 40 for that. So it's <laughs> back 40 out of probably 77, and now yeah. we're at 37, and that's... That's
3: the cash that's part the cash. that you said nine
2: times. As I tell everyone all the time, once I say something for a third time, that is your opportunity to stop and examine what you're saying let's not stay the course at that point. Oh, <laughs> but still the guys that are forking out the big bucks for yep. the new trucks schmucks. <laughs> Alone, man. You'd be a schmuck if you didn't watch Alone. Back for a fourth season with a crazy new twist, man. The rules have changed. There are ten survivalists. They're dropped in the middle of an unforgiving wilderness. But now there's five teams competing. So they pair them up. they got brothers Fathers and sons, a married couple. It's a different kind of survival show. Besides their teammates, they're completely alone. So there's no cameraman. There's no crew there. No one handing them a granola bar or a towel. No, they're truly alone. They film themselves. No gimmicks, no forced challenges. Teams are split, equipped with five items each. To win, they must find each other and survive the wilds of North Vancouver Island, the longest. Uh, 500,000 bucks at stake. Then you buy, well, Rob's dad could buy uh, six and a half <laughs> yeah. trucks. By the way, North Vancouver's sounds beautiful.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it gets a little majestic on
2: the other. It, uh, the side we were on for Jimmy's bachelor party, smooth sailing. <laughs> yeah. The other side. Where the seaplanes are landing, I think. Anyway, oh, okay. you tune in for all new episodes. That's uh, Thursday, 10 o'clock, 9 Central on History. All right. Uh, we got a question, uh, Max Panna?
1: Yeah, of course. And if you guys want to write in, uh, just go to carcastshow.com. Click the contact page. Uh, this is from Manny. He's uh, he's in Santa Barbara. Um, hey, Adam and Matt. Love the show as well as the other content, curl Digital. I've noticed there's been a godly amount of talk about the 10 speed automatic transmission that you guys are ta- that you guys actually were talking about recently. Um, I picked up a 2017 Camaro ZL1 equipped with a six speed manual. When all said and done, which transmission option do you guys think will be the most desirable in the future, and uh, which one would you opt for? Thanks. Keep up the great work.
3: Yeah, that ZL1 when you get it with the automatic, I think has the 10 speed
2: yeah that's their um, version
3: of the high performance tens
2: there's there's two answers whatever they made the the less numbers of and the manual always wins i mean historically if you have a nineteen and i don't even you know let's say you have a trying to do some math here which is if you have a uh Boss four twenty nine and it's an automatic, it's gotta be worth I mean documented, not you know, somebody somebody swapped a yeah, yeah, yeah. tranny out or whatever. But if it was came from the showroom with an automatic and I was gonna say uh I was gonna I was gonna use uh Shelby Mustang like a sixty five, sixty six, but I and we can look into it. You tell me. The rent erasers, the Hertz cars, all came with an automatic, I think. I think. I don't know. I may, I may be incorrect about that. But if you have one of those cars that's automatic, it's not worth as much as the one with the four-speed. Right. And if you have a Boss Mustang 429 and it's automatic, and those cars are selling for $300,000, it they, they could hit you to the tune of fifty grand, possibly. Yeah. Uh, documented. I, I, I think
3: you're starting to see that on some of the, sort of the, the modern collectibles. Like, if you're picking up your Ferrari 360— and with you know, you, you'll see a million with that F one transmission, and then you'll see one come up and go, "Hey, with the six speed." Right. All of a sudden, I think that's the more desirable car.
2: Yeah. So for old and collector, I don't know that you're ever going to replace the six speed or the five speed or the four speed. Yeah. Um, you know, all the new car companies are
3: they're saying, "Well, you know, the automatic or the paddle or whatever is faster. It's faster. It's faster." But it's not as much fun.
2: Yeah, so it's a different experience, and um, I would uh, so I would say you did the right thing with the six speed. I think so. That's uh, that's what I would say. And uh, I'm thinking about that vet with the sequential stick shift. Yeah, I like that man. <laughs> All right, got another one, Max Banner. Well, I just want to know how that McLaren was, Matt. Matt drove the uh, the new McLaren. Yeah, one. Adam drove it as well with Sonny. Yeah, we had a fun time. Um, you know, it's so funny, but the sensation of speed. And being pushed back into your seat is something that never really gets old. And it never gets old for anybody. Kids love it. Chicks love it. Like, everyone loves that feeling of being pushed back. Yeah. The feeling of going 200 miles an hour isn't really a feeling. That's just you're going 200 miles an hour. You could go 500 miles an hour on a Southwest flight. But the feeling of getting pushed back, that's the feeling. It is. I always just do my little 0 to 80 runs just back and forth, 0 yeah. to 75. It's the sort of 3 miles an hour to 80 miles an hour, the fun part. Just going fast, is, that that yeah. evens out. Uh,
3: the, the car was cool to drive, but it was interesting because it was probably, like, the easiest to drive supercar we've had yet. Like, it was – like, the power was very linear, <clears throat> a little bit of turbo lag, so it – it didn't feel like as fast as it was actually going, but it's actually very fast and uh, and it's funny because all these supercar companies now, their engine tuning, their transmission tunings, they do such a great job on that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when you get around to like the entertainment screen and things like that, like it's a little it gets a little buggy, even in the McLaren, it was doing something on the radio, I couldn't figure it out. and I just swapped it out the other day for the new Aston Martin DB 11. Which I love. It's gorgeous. The interior is gorgeous. It makes Are you the right sound. Today? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. It uh, it makes the right sounds. It gets a little loose. Like it it's kind of loud and violent, like a supercar should be. But uh, uh, maybe it's just this particular car. You know, it probably has a lot of press guy miles on it and stuff. It was, but the AC vents don't have enough tension on them. So every time you're at a stoplight and you hit the gas really hard, the vents flop up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First <laughs> so of, world problem. Yeah, so it's one of these things where you're like, you you know, you're driving and the temperature's nice, and you hit the gas, and you're like, "What's where's my cold air?" <laughs> I I, <laughs> you know? but I love the
2: cream and the in oh the navy blue, blue, yeah, the blue so and the good. cream
3: interior is gorgeous. It's a pearl white exterior. It's it's nice. But now check this out: twelve cylinder, five point two liter, a little smaller, twin turbo twelve. Wow, six hundred horsepower.
2: Wow, that's all good now, man. Stu, 46, Studio City, man.
4: Hey, moderator, Motorator. What's happening? Hey, What's going man? on? Hey, so I got a question uh, it's regarding my motorcycle engine. I sent you some photos. I was loading it up on the trailer, and as I was doing it, it got a little bit punchy with the gas, and we bottomed out, and I caught one of the cooling fins on the bottom of the engine housing, and it snapped off, and it actually tore the thing off and tore a hole. In the bottom of the housing, so this one doesn't have an actual pan, so you'd have to replace the entire housing to repair it. I, the guys, you know, told me, well, you should probably take it to a welding shop and have them weld it back on. That seemed like a pain, and if that happens again, it seems like it would be a fragile repair. So what I did was I took some JB Weld, the really good stuff, <laughs> the thirty-five hundred that. pencil strength, yeah, and I, I, I tore off a piece of steel wool. Super uh, fine grade 400 stuff, soaked it in that, used that as a plug in the hole, and then patched it over. And I'm just wondering if you guys think that I should probably just drill that back out as a long term fix, or if this would be a a, a stable repair if you guys take a look at it. And just, I wanted to get a second opinion.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're looking at some pictures of that. It's a a little, it's a little confusing Um, yeah the thing the only thing that worries me is when things get hot they expand and then when they cool they contract and then they get hot again and expand and they contract so they cycle you know and when they cycle uh, obviously there's an opportunity for for stuff to go south yeah
4: what's the heat range on jb weld Oh. Uh it's good according to the box up to five hundred, which means you know it's good for at least seven fifty, probably a thousand.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, Your
4: engine's never gonna get that high.
2: And the uh what do you run what kind of bike is it?
4: Uh it's a old CHP bike. It's a BMW R twelve hundred RT. I
2: tell you I talked to a cop once about those uh bikes because back when there was a time when they ran Harley's and they ran the BMWs. And he was like I said, "What's the price difference?" He said, "The BMW is more than twice the price, yeah. but it needs no maintenance."
3: So maybe in the long run, it's not yeah. twice the price. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it's interesting. I right. love those. I love those chippy BMWs, though. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so that's a that's a good bike. I, I like it's a what, blast to ride. I like what you did. I like where your heads at, Stu. I like a JB weld and I like the impregnated the the wool steel wool yeah. with JB weld plan. And I would say two things. I would say keep an eye on it. You know, heat right. cycle it a few times and hit it with a trouble light and really take a good look at it and see see what was happening. I would also say that if you wanted to skim it with a uh, with a flexible like. Uh, 100% silicone like gasket material. I mean, not yeah, the oran- not the... the orange stuff, but something that I I like the idea of a membrane over it too that has a sure. lot of expand and contraction ability. Okay. And I might yeah. I might just spoon a little that over it. Like a it. high temp yeah. silicone. Yeah. yeah.
3: I also it looks like in the picture you broke off like the smallest fin on the entire thing, right? Like just the one yeah. on the end. That's you know, I think you're going to be fine.
4: I can going with the fine. vibration and the heat expansion and contraction, like you said. But, you know, welding that back on because it's so small and there were so many frag pieces that broke yeah. out, and if I hit that again, that weld could just snap off. Yeah. Again. I, actually, I'm with you. you
2: know, I'm with you. And you might want to get a little die grinder with a little carbide tip or something and just smooth it over, make, make, okay. it, look, make it. it look good. But do me a favor yeah. uh, the guy. The you know, there's nothing worse than the guy who gets the cop bike and then wears the cop helmet too, the two tone helmet. <laughs> yeah, do then he puts a stupid black puts a stupid black blazer on, a stupid black windbreaker on, and he just rides at fifty four miles an hour behind you and you just look in your rear view like what? What what? what? I cannot tell you. I hate these yeah, assholes. Yeah. That's not you, oh, is no, it Stu? That.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't do that. No. Good. But I wear a blue I, I wear a totally different color helmet. You know, totally different color jacket, the whole thing.
2: He has a pink so. helmet. Good. Is this is this an actual cop bike, like from from the?
4: Yeah, uh, it's, from a, the it's a retired. It's a retired CHP bike. It has like 140 plus thousand miles on it, but you know the thing's a blast to ride, man. I use it for the cone competition stuff. I do that on the side for fun, and since it had the crash bars built into it, I'm like, well, this makes it easier than trying to bodge crash bars onto my other bike. So,
3: right in Santa Monica, I nice. see the I see the cops. Uh, training Mm -hmm. they go to the beach and there's a huge parking lot with none of the little parking blocks in it Mm -hmm. and they cone it out and all the cops on their motorcycles go around the cones and really slow
2: (laughs) you got to slow for the cone zone man come on
3: don't you read the signs they're out there practicing have a good time in the beach nice beautiful day
2: yeah and we're paying for it (laughs) yeah how about uh i hope they have insurance i hope they have geico man you want to save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance it's easy Go to Geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. Why wouldn't you want to do this, everybody? Go to Geico.com. Put a little extra money in your pocket. Maybe buy yourself a nice uh, used BMW cop bike at, a, at an auction with all that money you're saving. Geico.com. 15 minutes. Could be saving 15% or more on your auto insurance. It is Geico. All right. Uh, live shows, Las Vegas, Caesars Palace. You don't want to miss that. That's July 13th. And we're going to hang out afterward and have some drinks, take some pictures, and kiss some babies, all that good stuff. Go to Chassis, C-H-A-S-S-Y. We have uh, movies on there. I think we got some T-shirts and some mugs and all that kind of stuff. We got the Re- Reasonable Doubt Town Hall. That's going on Thursday, July 20th. That's uh, me and Garagus over at his restaurant. Wow. Shift and steer. Subscribe at Podcast One uh, today. And uh, tonight, or tomorrow night, I should say, sorry, the uh, after party. The uh, Corolla Drinks uh, bar crawl is sold out, but the after party is still open. So you go to CorollaDrinks.com. Chris Plang, playing. Lynette's going to be there. Ray's going to be there. It's going to be good. All right. And support the show, man. If you want to uh, go to CarCastShow.com, click through our Amazon banner, bookmark that, all that. So, until next time, it's Adam Carol for Matt, the moderator Raider, DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag
0: in the wheel. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. Carcast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarcastShow.com. The Corolla Drink Seattle Bar Crawl is sold out. But don't worry. You can still party with us at the Showbox Soto Lounge. Saturday, June 24th. Lynette Carolla, Ray Oldhoffer, Jay Miller, Gary, Kalen, Dylan, Nick, Dawson, plus Loxy. And I'll pick up all your pieces But I can't help you Go by Though your woman Through the weather This shit, Your body to be free Loxy At the Showbox Soto Lounge Plus special guest Moon Darling. Tickets and more information at CorollaDrinks.com. Get your tickets now for Loxy and Moon Darling Saturday night at the Showbox Soto Lounge at CorollaDrinks.com.